Picture this, you're sitting down to watch a live poetry performance. The first poet takes the stage, and as they begin to read, they're accompanied by a live jazz band. If this sounds intriguing, well, you're in luck. International Jazz Poetry Month returns to Pittsburgh on May 2nd. The festival features more than 50 artists, including local jazz icons and poets from Algeria, Cuba, Sudan, and Ukraine. Tickets to watch online or in person at City of Asylum's home on the north side are free. Get yours at cityofasylum.org before they're gone. Today on CityCast Pittsburgh. I don't know about Yins, but this year has flown by. As today's guests put it, as fast as lightning and as slow as tunnel traffic. There is a lot we could say about this past year, but we've decided to focus on the good. We're wrapping up this year in news by highlighting the best things we think have happened in Pittsburgh in 2023. It's December 22nd, my parents' anniversary. I'm Megan Harris, and here's what Pittsburgh is talking about. I'm with Pittsburgh extraordinaire, literally. City Paper just named her a Pittsburgh Person of the Year, Virginia Montanez. Hi. Hello. Congratulations. Thank you. And CityCast Hey Pittsburgh newsletter editor, Francesca DeBecco, who I hope I'm not blowing up your spot here, just got a teeny little promotion within our company, too. Oh, thanks, Megan. I am really excited to be here to talk about the year in review of news with you guys. <laughs> two of my favorite Pittsburgh writers in one spot. I'm so stoked. That is too kind. <laughs> truly, truly too kind. <laughs> And if Yins don't know, Virginia writes a newsletter called Breathing Space on Substack. And Virginia, in your most recent edition, you shared some of the best things that happened in Pittsburgh in 2023. We loved it so much, like the commitment to good news. And we're also very extra. So as we reflected on the year, we added some of our own. Yeah, of course. <laughs> but before we get into the reflection, we have a last minute gift idea for anyone out there who hasn't gotten a present for their loved ones yet. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, I mean, not everyone can be as amazing as Francesca and have presents at the ready. You've been giving us gift guide suggestions every day, most of this month. Well, this job helps. You know, I know about all the markets, so mm -hmm. I'm, I'm always shopping local. Um, but if you do still want to give a meaningful gift that supports local journalism, consider a membership to CityCast Pittsburgh. Yes. Every day, CityCast Pittsburgh is in your podcast feeds and the Hey Pittsburgh newsletter, which I write, is in your inbox. We put so much work and love into these products because we love the city and we need your support. There are lots and lots of reasons to support local journalism. Um, the main one is how critical it is for our community and also good news like today. Um, and along with that warm and fuzzy feeling of being a good person, you can also get some fun perks. Yeah, I think my favorite perk is the ad-free listening. <laughs> and you can get a shout out in that newsletter. So everybody's going to see your name. Yeah. And so to become a member or maybe even get that last minute gift, go to membership.citycast.fm. Thank you. Now let's get to the news. There have been so many fun anniversaries this year. Virginia, you shared a ton in your newsletter. We added to the list. Let's kick things off with Kennywood and the Pittsburgh Zoo. They both celebrated 125 years. 
it, it almost didn't seem possible. And so I, I I was like, I got to go on the archives and find this. It was so simple to find um, these newspaper articles talking about how excited the city was for these two things and how much they had awaited them. And then to see them still existing, it was wild. 1898. Um, we actually talked about kind of the grand history of some of this with friend of the pod, Mark Hauser, on April 18th and 19th in the podcast. It's so funny, the list to me of the original animals that were in the zoo or the park, as it was known at the time. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wait, what were those again? So, like, I even didn't include all of them, but <laughs> there was also, like, camels and rats and, I mean, but... The big ones were obviously the big cats. There were a lot of bears, more bears than we certainly have now. I think they had three polar bears. Um, but what's interesting is most of the animals came over on a ship from Europe. That's right. I only know about this because of you. And they all got sick on the way over here, like an, an animal disease. No. But clearly some, maybe most of them made it. It, it was fine. It opened beautifully. Frick and like hundreds of people, um, hundreds of dignitaries were there and thousands and thousands of people. Um, but yeah, it was an interesting uh, group of animals. Yeah. Henry Clay Frick, of course, historically brings the party. <laughs> Kennywood began as Kenny's Grove. Um, it was part of the Monongahela Traction Company and got leased and then got turned into a resort. Yeah, and you won't find much about Kenny's Grove in the archives. Um, it just gets mentioned like one of these things that's not official, but everyone knows what it is. And I'm trying to think of something in Pittsburgh now that like everyone knows when you call it that, but it's not like in the books is that. Right. Mm -hmm. Like the G was lowercase. So it was just like, this Kenny family grove, but they this company leased it thinking um, about transportation out of the yeah. city. It kind of makes sense, like get everyone out of the city, the air's cleaner, and here's this, what they call it, like a pleasure resort. Love that. Mm -hmm. I really thought it was interesting how the trolley lines were like a main factor in the growth of Kennywood and the zoo. Um, and, you know, it really, yeah, it mattered for people to get out there in the clean air, like you said. Imagine if you have good good transit, people can get places. Look at <laughs> <Right>. that. <laughs> right. Moving on, the radio station Whammo celebrated 75 years. Uh, I just love this. Um, it was the first commercial station in Pittsburgh to regularly play rap and hip hop. Um, thanks in part to DJ Clifford Slyjock Charlton. What a name. I love Whammo. Um, so the thing to keep in mind is remember that my 12 years of nonprofit experience were all with Black nonprofits. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it started with the Minority Enterprise Corporation and then went to the NEED Scholarship Program. But, you know, I got such an education in Whammo's history. Yes. And and these people, like Debbie Norell, who's with the Pittsburgh Courier, I learned so much from them about how important that station is to Pittsburgh. And to see it still surviving because, you know, there were some years there um, where it just wasn't getting the support it needed. It's just really important, I think, that it continues to do so. Yeah, it changed names and ownership a lot, um, even went dark very briefly. Um, but now it's Odyssey, back to being Whammo. Uh, and Slyjock's daughter is actually at the station. She's an afternoon DJ and the assistant brand manager, Kiki Brown. So isn't that amazing? Well, also talking about another big anniversary, Pittsburgh celebrated 50 years of pride this year. Can you believe that? The first year included around 60 marchers 
And some highlights from 1973 were a tall, muscular, exotic dancer who carried his seven-foot boa constrictor on his shoulders. Quoting Virginia back to Virginia. Yeah. (laughs) I'm just shocked that wasn't the picture that ran. Like, I need that picture. Why isn't that the... Right? I want this picture of this person with the boa constrictor. I know. We should check with Qberg, the queer outlet here in town, because they have been doing some amazing archival work with um, the Pittsburgh Gay News and other outlets of yesteryear, um, trying to find some of these photos. They did a really cool photo shoot this year for the 50 Years of Pride um, with some of the original marchers and um, some of the folks that are leading the charge today. It was really neat. Yeah, and there were a ton of uh, local politicians there this year, uh, Josh Shapiro, Summer Lee, John Fetterman. So they were all out there celebrating Pride. And it's it's interesting when you look back at these archives around all of these, you know, you have this article saying Pittsburgh's doing this, this march for um, gay Pride. And then you see all the other things that were happening just in society at that time, pushing back against the, you know, this quote unquote gay lifestyle. And it's just so easy to see why they felt it was necessary mm-hmm. yeah. to organize. I mean, yes, in reaction to the Stonewall rights, but also just this like, we are here. Let's put this display out there. And then you get to now it's what, 2023, and we can still very clearly see why they, you know, we must continue this support right. in this way. Very happy to see that half century mark and you know, keep going. Yeah. And the visibility is still really important too. Pittsburgh got its first openly gay police chief in 2023, Larry Scarato. Um, We talked to him on August 15th about his own coming out story and, you know, kind of why that was important and how it all came about within the Pittsburgh Bureau of Police. It's a good one. Yeah, that was a great episode. Go back and listen to that one. One more anniversary. Virginia, you want to take us into Stuff a Bus? Stuff a bus is, you know, I I know Mikey and Bob don't like to take the credit for this, but they should take the credit for it. They brought it to Pittsburgh, I believe, from um, Michigan, where they were. And what they do is literally have people bring toys, new toys, and they stuff the buses with toys. Stuff a bus. And it all goes to the Marine Toys for Tots program. And so... This year, they stuffed their 791st bus with toys. And that number is bonkers. It, 20 years is the nice round number that you found, <laughs> but 791 buses. Yeah, like over, and I'm just like, you're 700, so 68 this year. Yes. That's so many. But so when I did, like, I did the math on that, and it's like 12 tractor trailers full of toys that they have arranged the donation of. But they've done all this work. They leave their families, go live in an RV. And I just thought this was, it's, they deserve so much recognition for this. And I don't know that they get it. Yeah, I definitely didn't realize it had been going on for 20 years. I love that one of the buses this year was stuffed entirely by Wiz Khalifa, too. You got to love a Pittsburgh celebrity bringing the goods back home. Now onto some newsier news. Downtown finally got some public restrooms, some Pittsburgh potty. <laughs> It's perfectly named. I love it so much. They were installed in September. Uh, There's two. There's one at the corner of Stanwyck Street and Liberty Avenue and Smithfield Street and Strawberry Way. We're about three months into their six-month pilot now, so we'll have to wait until, you know, 2024 to see if we get more permanent Pittsburgh potties, uh, but very necessary. Uh, Virginia, this was definitely a highlight in your newsletter roundup. 
It was the first one that hit my head. <laughs> because, you know, recently I was at that corner at Stanwick's at where the church is that had been a shelter. And that was where one was parked. And to see that there were people using it. And then I saw the attendant coming in with like clean paper towels. And then I walked down the alley there and it was clean. And, and it was just to see that there's this effort. We can do it. Right. And so I, but I, I didn't need to use, but I was like, I kind of just want to go in there. But there was a line. I was like, I'm not going to do this. Oh, that's a good point. I want to go in there sometime. Like if I can ever catch it with a line, I just want to know what it looks like. And I've had friends that have used it. And it's great, great, great for parents with children. Yes. Does it have a changing table? Well, it's no, not, I don't know. And here's what, how many times you're downtown. Asking for a me. Like I got to go and it's not like I need to go in five minutes. I need to go right this moment. Yeah. And I think it's especially vital for our unhoused community because the longer you ignore this, the more people will go to the bathroom wherever you allow them to. And if that is the sidewalk, then that is the sidewalk. Yep. It's crazy to me to put barriers in front of human, like something that your body has to do. It's just nuts to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We can definitely celebrate this one. Um, and then another, I guess, facelift uh, for the city of Pittsburgh, the Sister Bridges, got a little fancier this year. Virginia, you highlighted this. Um, photographers all across Pittsburgh have been loving the new um, 600,000 programmable LED lights. Uh, it, it's just it's such an impression now down there when you see them, especially in the dark. Right. I I got to see them a little bit from a different angle when I was at the convention center for the um, handmade arcade. And yeah. so I stepped out on that balcony there and they were just lit up in that blue. It's stunning. I mean, I'm glad the bridges stayed yellow, but I'm also <laughs> glad that we're combining like that old school yellow with some modern touches. It really is, I think, a good display of what makes Pittsburgh. Yeah, and they're solar powered. Yeah. And I think they'll change colors. Yeah. The Sister Bridges, if you're not familiar with what we're talking about, connect downtown with the north side. They're the three that look alike, the Clemente, the Warhol and the Carson. Um, And yeah, now they're just pretty. They have they got a little facelift. They got new paint. So they're nice, pretty, bright yellow again. Uh, One day we may even get access to using them all three at the same time again. (laughs) A girl can dream. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, we also got a new park. Uh, Hayes Woods finally got its designation. They've been talking about it for a while. Um, it'll be the city's second largest park. So this was back in July. I love this. Which is wild when you think about it, that it's just now a park and immediately it's the second biggest park. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. Like maybe this should have happened a long time ago. <laughs> but it's in a really big swath of land, like parts of yeah. Baldwin and the South Side and Hayes, like kind of along the Mon River there, like the, the eagles live there. If you've ever been on the bike trail, there's always like a little cluster of people with their binoculars staring at the eagles. Um, so now all of that's going to be part of city park land. Yeah, it's a total of 26 acres um, that used to be a coal mining site. So we're finally taking back that nature. I love it. We will throw a bone here. Lots of other big things happened in Pittsburgh this year. Um, There was our election last month. The Canadian wildfires smoked up the city for a while. Um, John Fetterman, our senator here, brought mental health into the forefront in an enormous way. And then, of course, the train derailment in East Palestine um, with Norfolk Southern. And let's not forget that train was on its way to a spot just north of our city. Um, And, of course, 
the synagogue shooting trial. All of those are incredibly important. We will have links to them in our show notes. But today we are here to keep things light. Do you like to dance, look at beautiful art, eat gourmet snacks, people watch? Well, mark your calendars for Friday, June 7th for one of my favorite parties in Pittsburgh. It's Mattress Factory's 25th Garden Party. The theme this year is make-believe, and it's all to celebrate and support the creatives in our community. There's going to be live music, an open bar, an art auction, and probably my favorite, the costume contest. Trust me, I will be judging yins and so will everyone else there. Be playful, be imaginative, explore your magical realm because this is a theme party. You want to come dressed to impress. You must be 21 and up to attend and rest assured every dollar raised goes directly towards supporting the museum, its art, its education, and all of its community outreach initiatives. Get your tickets now to the 25th Mattress Factory Garden Party. They are in our show notes and online at mattress.org. Okay, moving on. Celebrity sightings, mishaps, merrymaking. Uh, Virginia, a ton of your suggestions in your Breathing Space newsletter focused on seeing famous faces in the Berg. Uh, you want to kick us off with maybe the biggest one in Pittsburgh? I'll let you pick which one that is. For me, it's Keanu Reeves getting coffee. <laughs> I knew you were going to pick Keanu Reeves getting coffee. <laughs> but I understand that that's a way smaller impact than Taylor Swift. I think that Taylor Swift needs to have the credit she deserved for the amount of money she infused into the city. An estimated $46 million yep. for the concerts. Uh, the downtown hotel occupancy jumped to 96%. Wow. Um, and a ton of the concert goers were from out of town. So they were all getting to see and experience Pittsburgh and will hopefully come back and spend more money at some point. You best believe I was contributing to that economy boost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Francesca actually went to the concert. Yeah. And you know what? She kind of did get recognition, at least in Pennsylvania. The House declared 2023 Taylor's era. Um, and, and in addition to her being Time Magazine's person of the year, I know Pennsylvania, the Pennsylvania House's influence isn't as as big as that. Um, you know, it seems kind of frivolous because the, the House should be doing more important things. Right. But Taylor is from uh, Pennsylvania. She grew up on a Christmas tree farm out closer to Philly. And so, um, you know, her home state showed her a little love. And then your number one, of course, was Keanu Reeves visiting the Coffee Tree Roasters when he was here for his concert at Mr. Small's. I saw more about Coffee Tree Roasters than I did about his show. I just, if I had been there to see him... <laughs> It would have been so loud. Is he one of your people? The tiniest little thing. This man got coffee and took a picture, and it's going to be my top ten thing. And it's my it's my newsletter. Deal with it. <laughs> Is that photo like up on your refrigerator? <laughs> I just love him. Um, let's talk about some food news. Uh, there was a collaboration with Icy Light and Turner's Iced Tea. I'm not sure anything could be more Pittsburgh. No, this was like the holy matrimony of Steel City sipping. It was a big deal. It really took over people's, um, <laughs> their appetites this year. Virginia, did you ever try one? I need to try it. And the other cool collab was I liked that Turner's milk with the smiley cookie too. Right. right. That's right. Turner's always is coming up with cool things. But I thought, man, yeah, beer and iced tea. It's like 
Pittsburgh. And it was actually good. I was all ready to be to hate it, and I loved it. It was delicious. Is it like beer with an iced tea aftertaste? Yeah. Oh, it's kind of like, actually, I thought it was more iced tea with a beer aftertaste. <laughs> it was kind of like the same spot as like an icy mango. Like there's a place for this. <laughs> Well, speaking of Eden Park, you mentioned the smiley cookies. Um, you know, we lost grilled stickies this year and then they were brought back to life. Um, <laughs> Pittsburghers <laughs> complained enough that they got them brought back to the menu. <laughs> yeah. If you've never had one, they are gooey, griddled, um, and, and coated in ice cream. Um, they're super cinnamony. Uh, this was back in March when they took them off, but they were brought back in July thanks to a partnership with Five Generation Bakers, which you might know for that delicious Jenny Lee swirl bread. Uh, the one good thing about this, too, is that, that Five Generations being um, a local bakery, and so I, I love that. I love that they saved it. I just need Eaton Park to understand that we want the honey buns back. <laughs> <laughs> you heard it here. Like you play to bring us back the grilled stickies. Why can't you bring back honey buns? <laughs> Virginia is starting a campaign. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Although another company did listen when they said we wanted something brought back. Uh, Heinz found a new home for one of those enormous ketchup bottles that was at Heinz Field, now Acrisure Stadium. Um, It's 35 feet tall, and now it's going to be at the museum. Yeah, the Heinz History Center. Which I think is the outcome we all wanted. Like, if we can't have Heinz Field, at least give us our ketchup. Yes. Yes. Don't just don't don't discard everything. (laughs) And another uh, thing to celebrate, I guess, on the North Shore, Kutch. Andrew McCutcheon finally came back to Pittsburgh. We'll we'll move it into sports. Uh, I love him. But let's (laughs) guys know that he signed a one-year deal with the Pirates to come back for one more year. We sure do. We're so excited. And he's so happy about it. He's happy. I love that. He's happy, so we're happy. You wrote this in your newsletter, Virginia, but you said Pittsburgh got Andrew McCutcheon back and Andrew McCutcheon got Pittsburgh back. And I think that is so true to him. He's a baseball player, but he was an icon here and he cared and he did so much philanthropy and he was just visible and friendly. And he's getting to spend his final years probably in a uniform in Pittsburgh. And that's amazing. Yes, absolutely. And And you can just see it. This is where he wants to be. And that's why we care. Absolutely. So that was the Pirates. Let's pick on the Steelers. Kenny Pickett's car got stolen with the team playbook inside. Virginia, please tell the story. I mean, just it had to. I realize it's a crime, but I put it on the list as a good thing because it was like the it was the sinkhole bus. It was the floating dumpster. It was the one thing that everyone wanted to make a meme about or joke about, and then came up with some hilarious stuff. Why would you leave the playbook in the back scene? And I'm going to guess the keys in the ignition or the keys in the car. <laughs> Just left the keys there in the dash, and the guy probably got in the car, hit the button, it started, and he was out of there. Yeah, and, and my favorite detail, which I did not remember when the story actually happened, is that the person who took Steelers quarterback, Kenny Pickett's car, also left his own car there. <laughs> so, yes. So he was very easy to find. You could just see it was like a, a crime of opportunity. Wasn't really thinking. I, I, I was, it, and it's hilarious. Um, and just to round things out, we have to, you know, we talked about the Pirates and the Steelers. So we have to have something from the Penguins. Uh, a goalie got a goal, which doesn't happen all that often. 
Yeah, those Tristan Jari, that was a part of a comeback win over Tampa Bay in November. He fired that puck 200 feet into an empty net. I watched this on TV, not live, but I watched it. And it was so cool to see. This like never happens. Um, I think it was the he was the first penguin ever to do it, but it wasn't his first time, technically. Um, he got an empty netter in 2018 um, when he was um, in the AHL in Wilkes-Barre. It's, it's kind of crazy to think it has never happened because it's an empty net. It's just, you know, I guess it's just, can you find a hole that long <laughs> to get there without someone intercepting it? And also the Penguins, just as a team, have been around for a very long time. Right. And I love the fact that when this happened, first of all, it was in Tampa, so not in Pittsburgh. But there were so many Penguins fans there because it's Florida. And so it was cool to see all that black and yellow, but then all those sad blue. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. Um, And just a couple items that maybe you missed or maybe you just haven't thought about too much. Um, We talked about this one on the podcast earlier this year um, on July 10th. But the Jonas Salk Museum, um, it's a new little mini museum in Oakland as part of the University of Pittsburgh's campus. It's free um, and it talks about Pittsburgh's role in curing polio, which, you know, is thankfully a thing most of us don't have to think too deeply about. But, Virginia, I thought you did a really good job of trying to share like what that impact would have felt like as a parent and a kid in like the 40s, the 50s, that kind of era. I'm big on infectious diseases, learning about them and understanding how they work because of my grad school research on the 1918 pandemic. And that sort of translated into learning about Pittsburgh's role in fighting infectious diseases, which leads us to Salk and his legacy. And it's so important, I think, now, especially in this post, you know, post-pandemic world that we're living in, to honor those that created the vaccines that have changed our present so that we're not dealing with what people did in the past. Um, so honoring him in this way is important on a lot of levels, I think. Yeah, you can see a lot of stuff like centrifuges and an iron lung. You can sit at his desk. Um, it was really, really cool. I got to be there the day they actually opened the facility and his son was there, who was who's still affiliated with Pitt professionally. Um, but he also was one of the first people to get the vaccine. Like Dr. Salk gave it to his children before it went into wide distribution. I just I can't fathom being Mrs. Salk in that equation and just being like, I hope I hope you're right. Right. <laughs> inject the children. (laughs) Yeah, his impact was so grand. You can thank him for your flu vaccine too. Um, So really important. You can hear more about that history back in our podcast episode from July 10th. And one more before we go, uh, there is a new USS Pittsburgh. I didn't realize that we'd had as many as we have. Yeah, this was really cool, Virginia. I didn't realize this either. I, I love this one as well. The USS Pittsburgh has the name, has a lot of history. Um, going back to my Pittsburgh Remains to be Seen map, you can see in the city some of the remains of former USS Pittsburghs still in the city. But this is the newest one. The last one was decommissioned in 2019. So this is sort of a, you know, unloading and loading of personnel, but also... Um, helipad for that sort of use. It looks beautiful just from what they're showing it will look like. And it's it's done in honor of the city, which it says on its nameplate. It's done in honor of the steel past and the blue collar past. So I love that it's done in honor. 
Mm -hmm. of Pittsburgh. And I guess in honor of Pittsburgh, on behalf of Pittsburgh, uh, I just want to thank you both for all that you've done to tell Pittsburgh stories this year, to poke fun when we can, uh, but to bring light, you know, in the dark spaces. Uh, I wish you both an incredibly happy and wonderful new year. I hope that you have good plans and lots of rest in your near future. Thank you. You too. Thanks, Megan. This is a blast. That's all for today here on CityCast Pittsburgh. And I just want to end this week with a quick moment of gratitude for my team, Francesca, but also our fearless leader, interim executive producer, Mary Lee Williams, our OG EP, Mallory Falk, who is still away welcoming her new arrival, roving producer, Elizabeth Kama, who goes above and beyond behind the scenes for CityCast cities nationwide. And of course, producer Sophia Lowe, who keeps everything you hear here on CityCast Pittsburgh sounding its very best. I could not do this without them and we wouldn't be here without listeners like you. We really, really appreciate all of the thoughtful feedback, the shout outs and meeting you out in the wild. And you know, if you feel like it, you could sign up to be a member on CityCast Pittsburgh. It's membership.citycast.fm. We have a special week of shows planned for you next week. Our music is by Benji. I'm your host, Megan Harris. We'll be back on Tuesday with more stuff to do around the city. Happy holidays and have a great weekend, everyone. Pittsburghers have always had this weird connection to alligators as pets. I don't get it. It's not illegal to have an alligator as a pet in Pennsylvania. But like, what do you do with them when they get big? Like wildlife experts are very clear that this is not a good idea. They they do not belong. belong here and they can't survive when it gets really cold outside.